Welcome to Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer. I'm Father Ron Shipley, President of the Anglican Internet Church, Inc. This new series is part of the AIC's continuing celebration of its second decade on the web. These Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer are based on the appointed readings in the list of Psalms and Lessons for the Christian Year, primarily the first pairing, which always includes a gospel reading as the second lesson. These second or third pairings of psalms and lessons are used only where necessary to avoid repeated reading of the same psalm within this series. These homilies include reading and commentary on the appointed psalm and summary commentary on the first and second lessons. For those listeners not familiar with Anglican liturgies, the texts of the Psalter in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer are derived from Miles Coverdale's Great Bible of 1539 and not the King James Version. This is because by the time the King James Version was published in 1611, using a new translation of the Psalter based on the Hebrew Masoretic text, the Coverdale translation was so well accepted among the English people who had heard it read in services for over 70 years, that the prayer book's editors retained the Coverdale text for the Psalter, but substituted the 1611 KJV translation for all other scripture. Podcast listeners should keep in mind the difference in numbering between the Vulgate Bible and the version used since the 1549 Book of Common Prayer. In the Vulgate version, Psalm 8 and Psalm 9 are a single psalm, which makes all the psalms from 10 to 150 off by one number. For example, Psalms 11 and 12, which will be read today, are Psalms 10 and 11 in the Vulgate version. Coverdale provided a helpful transition by including each psalm's opening words in Latin, a practice still followed in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. For more on Trinity season, which is the longest season on the church calendar, watch our AIC seasonal video series, Trinity Tide, the teaching season, which includes its history and its place on the church calendar, and also includes discussion of all the many possibilities for the lengthening and shortening of the season based upon the movable dates of Easter and First Sunday in Advent. The series is presented in nine episodes, each of which is linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page. The psalm reading appointed for the or combinations re, appointed for the 20th Sunday after Epiphany are Psalms 11 and Psalm 12. Psalm 11 is an eight-verse psalm attributed to King David. Its first words in Vulgate Latin are in Domino Confido. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye then to my soul that she should flee as a bird unto the hill? For lo, the ungodly bend their bow and make ready their arrows within the quiver, that they may privily shoot at them which are true of heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's seat is in heaven. His eyes consider the poor, and his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord approveth the righteous, but the ungodly, and him that delighteth in wickedness doth his soul abhor. 
Upon the ungodly ye shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone, storm, and tempest. This shall be their portion to drink. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance will behold the thing that is just. Psalm 11 is technically a cursing psalm, although it is not included in the selection of cursing psalms on page 9 in the Book of Common Prayer. A cursing psalm is also called an imprecatory psalm based upon the name in Latin and is one in which the psalmist either directly or indirectly calls upon the Lord for specific punishments against the enemies of the Lord or the enemies of the psalmist. In verse 7, the psalmist calls for God to rain snares, fire, brimstone, storm, and tempest, unquote, upon the ungodly. In verse 8, the psalmist proclaims that the Lord is not only righteous himself, but loves righteousness and, quote, upholds the upright. In the Christian era, the use of the Old Testament word foundations acquired a Christological meaning, especially in the sermons of St. Peter. And for that, see more in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, verse 11, and the epistle of Paul, specifically Ephesians 1, verse 4. In verse 3, the importance of foundations is raised in the Hebrew context. If they are destroyed, then what can the righteous do? A similar point is made in Psalm 18, verse 8. Our second psalm reading for today, Psalm 12, is another short psalm attributed to David the king. Its first words in Vulgate Latin are salvum me fac. Help me, Lord, for there is not one godly man left. For the faithful are minished from among the children of men. They talk of vanity, every one with his neighbor. They do but flatter with their lips and dissemble in their double heart. The Lord shall root out all deceitful lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things, which have said with our tongue will we prevail. We are they that ought to speak, who is Lord over us. Now for the comfortless trouble's sake of the needy, and because of the deep sighing of the poor, I will upset the Lord, and will help every one from him that swelleth against him, and will set him at rest. The words of the Lord are pure words, even as the silver which from the earth is tried, and purified seven times in the fire. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The ungodly walk on every side. When they are exalted, the children of men are put to rebuke. Psalm 10 is the first of the official cursing psalms or imprecatory psalms. And the psalmist calls upon the Lord to cut off the lips of flatterers and the tongues of the proud. This phrase led some in the English church during the late Roman Catholic and early Church of England years to impose this punishment upon nonconformists. David, the psalmist, compares God's constancy with the treachery practiced by mankind. Some observers of the psalms have suggested that Psalm 12 is a model for how the penitent sinner should pray to God, that is, aware that the ungodly are present on every side, but with the assurance that the Lord is constant and will keep them. Or as it says in verse 8b, 
Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Because of the inscription on the psalm, to the end for the eighth, unquote, many early fathers considered it a reference to regeneration. Jesus spoke of it in Matthew 19, verse 28, meaning the time when, quote, the Son of Man sits on the throne of glory. In Acts 3, verse 21, there is a discussion of the, quote, restoration of all things. The Jews interpreted on the eighth to mean the day of circumcision required in Leviticus 12, verse 3. For more on several important theological concepts mentioned in this commentary on on the Psalms, see the following entries in the AIC Bookstore publication Layman's Lexicon, Christology, Church, God, Godly, Lord in small caps, Mercy slash Merciful, Righteous Righteousness, Ungodly, and Vulgate. For a listing of every use of Psalm 11 and Psalm 12 in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, see the entry for each psalm in our publication, The Prayer Book Psalter, History Text and Commentary, which also includes in the introduction an explanation of the different classes of psalms, and at the back of the book, a glossary of every person, place, or event mentioned in the Psalter. The first lesson for 20th Sunday after Trinity is Malachi 2, verse 14 to the end. The second lesson is Matthew 19, verses 3 to 9a, and then 13, 14, and 15, which includes Jesus' instruction concerning divorce and his blessing of the little children. Malachi is the subject of Part 3, Chapter 12 in our bookstore publication, The Writing Prophets of the Old Testament. The lesson from Matthew is discussed and illustrated in the Gospel of Matthew annotated and illustrated, the first of five volumes in our New Testament, in our new New Testament series. The closing prayer is the collect for 20th Sunday after Trinity is an involved, evolved, excuse me, collect originally adapted by Archbishop Cranmer for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer based upon the Gelasian Sacramentary and it was modified in the 1662 Book of Common Prayer and modified again with a new ending, which thou commandest, unquote, inserted in the American 1789 Book of Common Prayer. In this reading, cheerfully means willingly and without reservation. O Almighty and merciful God, of thy bountiful goodness keep us, we beseech thee, from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready in both body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish those things which thou commandest, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.